Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I've been on a hiatus, but don't worry. Oh no, we're being interrupted. I have the wonderful Lucinda here with me and Shobe walking and looking through the window. <laughs> Ruining my intro. <laughs> All right, that is now in the bloopers section. <laughs> straight away, straight away, right just at the right moment. Just like literally doing the intro. Yeah, let me redo that. I have the wonderful and the most amazing Lucinda here with me today, and I'm just so excited, Lucinda, that I've got you on the podcast now. Lucinda was I first was introduced to Lucinda through like work here at Macquarie. And Lucinda was just an amazing manager from day dot. <laughs> Not only that, I um, I uh, just you know yeah, just really great manager, really amazing with people, really um, supportive, and it was just a, a brand new way of managing that I saw. Um, the other thing is, is that we're not going to gloss over it, but Lucinda literally just submitted her thesis <laughs> for her PhD, so it's just an incredible thing, and I'm just really excited to have a chat, and and that. Thesis was actually in anthropology, is that correct? That is. Yeah, so we're going to touch on that today, but let's get started. Lucinda, what the heck is anthropology? Let's just go with it. Let's <laughs> clean it up. Let's, let's, let's go straight to the juice All of right. the loveliness that is Love it. anthropology. Love it. Um, thanks, Jacob. Um, also, everything you say before, I'm just sitting here blushing. It's very kind of you. <laughs> um, the anthropology is a really big field and um, I think there's lots of different ways to sort of look at it and there's lots of different branches um, and some of which I have know absolutely nothing about. But for me, the best definition of anthropology I've heard is the study of human diversity. And, um, uh, you know, there's, there's, so there's, yeah, there's kind of like a few sort of main branches um, uh, like archaeological anthropology, um, physical anthropology, which looks at like the body, um, linguistic anthropology, and you know cultural or social anthropology, and that's where I live. And um, so, really, for me, you know, cultural anthropology is trying to understand people and what we do f- from those people's. So, trying to understand people from their own perspective. Um, and trying to sort of communicate that to others Um, because, you know, everything that we do um, makes sense to us and makes sense within our context. And so what's important then if you're trying to understand anyone um, is to try to understand that context. So cultural anthropology, the main um, methodology is called ethnography, um, which is participant observation. And... um, so what you're doing when you're doing anthropological research um, or this kind of anthropological research is you're working with people and living with people and trying to learn from them how they do what it is that you're studying um, and then um, the sort of end result is an ethnography as well, is the written document, um, which is trying to sort of um, convey that experience so that someone who's not in that context can understand it. So, and so it's not just like a sketching out of like, oh yeah, these people do this, this is the way that they do it. It means these things to them, yada, yada, yada. It's trying to also convey some of that experience 
Um, and I think that's the really powerful thing. That was always a really powerful thing for me for anthropology because it's when you read a really good ethnography, you don't just um, come away going, okay, yeah, there's this group of people who live here and they do these things and they believe this stuff. It's you go, right, I kind of you – can, you can almost kind of see yourself – from in that situation you can appreciate people um, and you can appreciate what they're doing and so for me that kind of way of thinking about anthropology as the study of human diversity it's understanding how different we are um, and that you can't just sort of assume that someone is going to feel the same way or as you about something or look at something the same way because we all have our own context, our own cultures that we grow up within and that we live within. Um, but anthropology sort of, for me, tries to act as a bit of a bridge to help people sort of understand and appreciate each other for, for what, what we are. Wow. <laughs> that's, 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 my, that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, wow. Okay, so... Mm. There's a couple of elements that kind of blow my mind a little bit. I'll just move this mic a little bit yeah. and kind of get it closer there. Um, first things first is that, like, like, it's not just everyday science where you're kind of observing, oh, this is how much it takes for the light to turn on. Yeah. Like, you're, when you're observing another, like, culture like your own culture is getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, so what, what happens in that experience? What's that experience like? Yeah, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, like on one front, it's just, it's just what we do every day. Like on one front, every day what we are doing is we're just trying to communicate with other people and understand them and be understood. And so you're always trying to find those bridges of communication and understanding, right? Um, with anthropology, again, you know, as you're saying, your own your own, own culture is always there. Um, uh, one description I've heard of culture is like it's the it's the the color. It's like um, it's like wearing you know tinted glasses. We're, we're always it's the lens through which we see the world, the lens lens through which we understand it. And so you can never take that off. You can never sort of step outside of yourself. Um, but, uh, ooh, should we go into phenomenology? Um, <laughs> We're about to go there. We're about to go there. <laughs> um, because, you know, like, you, you can never step outside that, but you can acknowledge it. And and this is the thing is that, like, um, uh, there's, never, there's never going to be... You, you can never... Um, uh, how do I how do I go this? Like yeah, you can never sort of step outside of it, but you can reflect upon the fact that it exists and that that might then be affecting how you how you understand it. So like any decent ethnography is always going to the the writer is always going to situate themselves within within what's going on um, because you you've got to acknowledge like well this is this is how I saw it you know this is where I saw it um, and. Uh, um yeah and and you can't get away from it but like if you're being upfront about your own positioning um within the field then um 
I know that kind of acts a disclaimer, but it's but it's but it's also part of the part of the thing of it because it's not you know, um, it's not so much like subject and object of study in in anthropology, right? You're co-creating everything. Like if it's just built, if the if the methodology of research is and and that's what I believe it is is it's it's that sort of building. Um, into subjective experience and relationships and that's where that meaning comes out um it's never just like a anthropologist observing and being like oh yes i see that these people now when they walk to this place they have an air of (laughs) amazement as they walk towards the temple like all that kind of stuff that's that's nonsense right like um but uh through through those through those relationships that you make with people, um, yeah, together you kind of you kind of work it out. Right. So, if I uh, mumble that no, one. No, no, no. This is <laughs> that's that's kind of trippy because it's like um, so it's not okay. It's funny because it's not a subject object because we're all human just experiencing yeah. it together. Yeah. Um. Uh, I guess you even made that point about communication. What what's going on with with communication? Like, how does good communication happen? Is it is it possible? Like, what from your insight? What have you seen mm. that has led to it, or what happens when good communication is happening? Like, what, let's go into that. Actually, that's interesting. That is a good one. Um, so. This feels like a bit of an abstract way to answer a very. <laughs> I mean, I suppose this is an abstract question. That's just a question, well, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I, um, uh, I suppose, kind of like grew up as an anthropologist, um, learning um, like how how phenomenology can be used within anthropology, and phenomenology is a big old philosophy. Thing. Um, but the things that really uh, appeal to me um, is the understanding that, like, yeah, we have all of our um, our culture that we that we live within, and that's not necessarily accessible to another person. But we all live within the world, right? Like, we all live within the world. We all live within bodies, or we are bodies, <laughs> rather. Um, and so we can I suppose what I'm trying to what I'm trying what I'm arguing against here is like the idea that you can never really understand another person or that you can never really um communicate or like yeah understand another person which like on one front of course everything's piecemeal right but like the fact that we I don't know we are embodied the fact that we are in place within the world um those things are real and um i don't know we can uh i don't know through that there are bridges to each other Ooh. i don't know does that even make i feel like i'm no, that, going off on a bit of a tangent no i think that's but, i think that's that's a powerful point because it's just like okay well we all do have bodies and we all do live in this world and like that's super significant that's, um, <laughs> no, you can't just rush over that because you 
because you know yeah exactly you know (laughs) and i think sometimes communication can get too heady when we're missing all of this yeah 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 one of the things and i wonder if this is something that you found um uh one of the things that i i always find with um my interviews um that i like to have done through research um because you know you end up just talking for a few hours and and people are so generous with sharing themselves um and you form this really beautiful space um between you and um i always just struck with like there's no way that you can't uh, ah no there's no way that you can like leave that without having love for that experience Mm. and that people you know that's something that i've always found anyway Mm. because it's just like yeah i don't know yeah i feel that's really cool because it's i've always learned that or one thing that i've learned is that you can only hate from a distance Mm. or you could only and it's like understanding kind of softens the heart like no matter what you can't you can't help but it but it happened totally I guess, I guess the problem is, and I think this is kind of what scares me. And I, yeah. I was kind of writing about it the other day. Is that, like, we can we just self deceive ourselves. We can be so deceived. Yes. And what's your perspective on that? Like, we could sometimes, I feel like you know, we're trapped within our culture, and we're we're trapped within our little perspective, and we don't even we don't even know. We can't even recognize it. Like, what's, what's your perspective on that uh, sort of thing? <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 like, I think that's a yes and no sort of a situation. Because absolutely, you know, you can't step outside of yourself. Mm. But, like, you're an intelligent person. You can think about that fact, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's... Uh, do you, do you know much phenomenology theory oh, stuff? I know very basic. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, this idea from from Husserl originally of um, like the phenomenological reduction, or basically, you know, most of the time we're just we're just doing what we're doing. We're feeling what we're feeling. We're experiencing what we're experiencing, mm. um, and we take uh, we take sort of um, the world beyond ourselves as self evident. Mm. Um, if you know what I mean. Yes, um, yes. But then, like, uh, something small happens and we just reflect upon it. And then we can kind of try to think about what all of it, the, 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 the broader context and history that we have and, you know, hold within ourselves, really, that have formed that experience for us. So, like, um, uh uh, my my supervisor Chris Houston, one of the papers he wrote about phenomenology and anthropology, um, he uses the example of like, okay, you know, maybe I'm hearing a, a a flute solo, and then I feel sad, and you can just be experiencing that emotion, but you can also step back and for a second and go, oh gosh, like I heard this music and I felt sad. Why did I feel sad? And then from there you go, oh, well, maybe, you know, it links back to, um, you know, oh, well, of course I feel sad because in my culture um, a flute solo was always played at a funeral. (laughs) Or maybe I know the history of the, what this flute solo was meant to represent or I I know where it sits within the the composer's life and that, that is a sad fact or like, 
all of those different things or like maybe my you know parent used to play the flute before they died like you can reflect upon that and and so I I, I feel like you know yeah we're always within our culture and everything but we also we're also aware of that fact like mm. we're not we're not idiots mm. um and we have that we all have that capacity to think about why we do things the way that we do or whatever mm. else so that metacognition awareness yeah i guess kind so. of like um yeah like reflection even yeah i think that's that is an exciting prospect cuz I um like f- like you know f- what first got me into like philosophy or considering phenomenology or existentialism and all that yeah. is actually kind of like it was self help and success literature yeah and it was the stuff like oh change your beliefs change your results and then like I, like it, that was kind of like the little teaser that got this little mice to keep I kept buying <laughs> the crackers you know and then like oh shit jeez everything's made up <laughs> everything's made up nothing is real yeah. yes. <laughs> exactly and then you, totally you know what I mean right totally. and you kind of I fell into a little bit of I was quite sad or dissettled by that at first yeah. I'm like oh man I wish I didn't eat the cheese <laughs> right but then like I, I've I've kind of I've come back and I've thought to myself oh no the, the problems in my life you know the things that I struggle with or that I don't like I'm creating them. Like mm-hmm. that's within my phenomenology. For some reason, there's been meaning there. And it's just exciting that I'm not bound to it. That's not reality. Yeah. It's like I can pull back. Yeah. And if, if I'm, you know, struggling to get along with someone or, you know, there's like, hey, I don't need to be bound, but that's not, that's not the final set thing. Yeah. We can pull back, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if, you know, like, like uh, I don't know thinking thinking about that sort of stuff like how we relate to people and stuff well that's that's so difficult to change I don't know I haven't I don't know I don't know about that one Um, (laughs) haven't got there but um, but yeah I mean I don't know I I I I, yeah I appreciate that it's all messy isn't it yeah this whole living thing I don't know what to do with it (laughs) it's very weird (laughs) Like, it's, it's trippy that no one actually tells you what to do. People right. act like they, some people act like no, or people say, and you just kind of, you look around you and it looks like everyone knows. Yeah. But no one really knows. No, no one knows. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Someone out there has the answers, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that's i we've very briefly on a different day mm-hmm. um uh or at least you you expressed your your sort of um uh reading in taoism mm-hmm. and stuff and, and that 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 sort of thing of that we all have our own path mm-hmm. and living you know living well or living true or whatever is living in alignment with that mm-hmm. that own individual path i think that's that's always been something that's really important for me or really meaningful for me. Definitely I've spent a lot of my life and continue to spend a lot of my life being caught up with other people's paths. But like, uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a cool, that's a cool thing. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I agree. Different. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, like I guess 
there's just a way of things. Like life just has its own way. Yeah. Nature has its own way. Yeah. You're a part of life and nature. There's a way for you, you know? And I think like feeling is so important, right? Yeah. I feel like feeling like it's it's going up in value in society, but it's still nowhere near like um how powerful and how integral it is. Like I feel like yeah. if you bought stocks in feelings now, <laughs> you watch the going to what I'm saying. I'd like to see I'd like to see how that's uh how that's measured. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 exactly. What's <laughs> the increase on that base? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> but I would I would buy yeah. stocks in feelings. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. I remember, so one of the things that that tripped me out a little bit, there was that, that um, it was the quote, like the, the central locus, your central locus yeah. of development, that description of, of human war. Mm. Could you speak more about that? Yes. Um, I realised actually at one point before today, yeah. I was like, oh, Jacob's totally going to ask about that and I should totally like get the exact quote. Um, so we just talk about it and I didn't do that. I forgot. I forgot instantly. Um, but basically, uh, there was this, there's this bit from Tim Ingold, who's an anthropologist and, um, he used a lot of actor network theory, which I really like on some fronts and on other fronts, it might be a bit limited, um, depending on your application. But, um, Tim Ingold talks about like, he, at the start of this book, he's trying to, um, uh, go like, okay, cool. There's, there are all these different sort of understandings of what a human is. You know, like on a psychological front, we think about a human as X. On like a biological front, we think about, you know, the biological systems within the body and how the human works like more as like a biological animal. Um, in cultural uh, schools of thought, whatever, you think about like the culture of a human, whatever. How can we kind of integrate all of that? And he says something along the lines of, um, uh, the starting point for that synthesis has to be an understanding um, of the fact that uh, what is it like a person is a um, singular locus of creative growth within a continually unfolding a continually unfolding field of relationships. Yeah, um, a singular a continuous growth in a field of continually unfolding relationships. Yeah, or something along something along with that. Yeah, a person is a Singular locus of creative growth within a continually unfolding field of relationships. Pretty sure that's it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've heard it. Um, <laughs> that's what you are. That's what we are. Two Being singular locus. Slightly misquoting Ingold, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so cool because the thing is that, like, pulling it apart, singular locus, like, we're just here, this is our centre this is like us, right? We're own, we're our own little centers, and continue to grow. We're just always growing and learning. We can't help it. And relation unfolding field relationships. Yeah. I think that's the part where I feel like not everyone gets to reflect on or really consider. There was there was a time a couple of podcasts ago where I had a real big realization about just like that whole sense of interconnectedness mm. and just how, you know, like our social bonds, our togetherness, um, how we're together and with is so important and so integral to who we are. We are nothing without 
like the others aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just like, you know, I feel like for me, I struggled so long stuck with just focusing on myself where I'd missed out on this whole other picture of life, which is my relationships and my yeah. loved ones, my friends, my family, my work, you know? Yeah. And I just, I don't know, like, I, I guess I would ask you about relationships and connections and, and friendships and yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I agree where, where, um, you know, like, uh, we, so much of us is formed in into subjectivity, you know. It's where we – that's so much of who we are. Um, and, you know, like on one front, like on an anthropological front, like as well, um, when, a, when a human baby is born, like if you put that human baby not with all of the people – they're not a human when they grow up, you know, like they're not like, we can't talk, we can't walk, we can't do all of these things. We're all socialized to do them. Um, and, and, you know, those are, um, like, you know, without getting into like a divide between what is, what is the biological and what is cultural or whatever, but like without that, we don't, we we just yeah we we don't function like humans we just don't um and uh yeah yeah well, well see that kind of brings me back to that old kind of ancient wisdom you see it in all religious all religions idea of of kind of one oneness one mm. organism because you know like like we just we're we're not just we're not individual. We're not just individual creatures. We're we're so social. We're so connected. How can you draw the line? And with yeah. that sort of example around that, like, yeah, the human is kind of together. Like it's a kind of you know, totally. But, but it also it's weird because how do you how do you realize that? How do you realize that? You know, and you, you know what I mean? Like it's just you know, <laughs> yeah. No one really knows. Like not hate. No, I don't like. I I intellectually understand. Like I'm starting to even grasp a tip of it but I don't fully understand it yeah. and it's just weird how we're all part of it but no, no one we don't really understand it yeah you know? yeah totally I mean that's that's like um yeah the 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 fact that I don't know people are so cool the stuff that we do you know um like you know talking about this kind of sense of oneness and um you know any kind of like transcendental experience and things like that like your your experience like the, the thing that you're doing is you're experiencing beyond yourself mm. you know you're experiencing or not even necessarily beyond yourself but yourself except in its most wide expansive version which Ooh. is everything right wow. like you're kind of experiencing all of that yeah um but what is that? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating. Goosebumps. Chills. That's chills. You know, like, I think, you know, that's, that's a cool thing because, like, you know, it, that, for me, it, it's kind of, it recontextualizes communication mm. because it's like, um, you know, if we are like if we are really you know deeply interconnected it's like well then what does communication become anymore it's yeah. just like 
it's kind of like because I guess you know a communication sometimes comes on the assumption of one talking to another one. But I don't know. Like I think there's that element of of body nonverbal just knowing and shared knowing. Yeah. 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 Do you think? Um, so, like we were talking about about like you know difference and separation and oneness and communication and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, uh, I'm interested in your take of like. I don't know, can you, um, uh, I don't know, do you, do you, do you feel like you can ever, um, understand another or something Mm. outside of yourself or yeah, I don't know. does, does, does real, does that sort of genuine real communication happen? Mm. Yeah. You know, I feel like um, I feel like sometimes I fall into it. Like you, you just fall into it. You, you drop into it by accident. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of just like okay. So if if it's like two radio state two radios receivers, and they're both tuned to the same station. Mm. You know, like it's like mm. both, both, or, or both minds are just quiet. You're experiencing the exact same mind if, if both minds are quiet mm. or both kind of peaceful. And so I think, and like, yeah, so I guess, I don't know. It's like that, that, that quiet exists. That is quiet is the same quiet everywhere. Or that radio signal is the, so maybe, but, but, you know, I think on the contrast of it is that, there is this kind of usness to it. Like it, there's stuff that is completely ours, completely um, private as well. Like it's just like, yeah. and that's ours. And it's just like, there's this one thing, one thing that tripped me out when I was learning Heidegger through existentialism yeah. is that our death is the only thing is that that is our own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's so much is get to be our own, you know? Like, you know? So you get a lot of ourselves, you know? <laughs> It's true. But that's a tribute. What do you? What was your? What's your perspective? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I feel like I probably throw like I, I don't know. I'm throwing you a question that like I don't think I can answer. <laughs> yeah, just chucking it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah speculation. It out. I mean, it's like, it feels like it's a false dichotomy, right? It's like yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like it's probably one of those questions that like, um, I don't know. Probably I think about a fair bit, but it's not necessarily a use. It's not. It's not. It's not the question. Yeah. You know. It's yeah. like one of those things that it's like, oh, like yeah, I don't know. Well, that kind of becomes a focus, but you it's know, not really important. Like we get our jobs done. Like we communicate with others, and yeah. you know, things are running. So yeah, I feel like there's like there's an inherent tension, right, in just mm. like living and being a person of always that kind of pull between um, our draw to the collective and like our our necessary engagement with everyone around us mm-hmm. and also our efforts to sort of define ourselves as an individual and see ourselves as a singular person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always like whatever culture, I mean, again, here I am making assumptions about people beyond myself, but like, <laughs> um, but, but I think that's something that is just sort of a, a, a inherent thing in, in being, being a, a singular, but also part of the collective. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always sort of pulling between those two. Do you, do you think that this is just a question, Kenji? Do you think that for you, like 
what has it impacted? How has it impacted you in studying other cultures and other things? How how has that knowledge and perspective actually impacted you in your in your everyday life? Just in like you know, at home. So much. Um, that's a really big question, um, and I don't know. I mean, like, so I've been I've been studying anthropology on, on some front. I mean, you know, I, so I did, I, did a, I did a bachelor's, I did a master's, and ended up doing the PhD. I started the bachelor's in 2010. So, like, and I, and I just, I straight away fell into anthropology. And even before then, I was, I was doing anthropology stuff because my sister was studying it before me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that influence has been around since I was a teenager. So that's, that's a lot of years. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, on some fronts, like, I... Um, I think that 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 foundation of going like I mean I can't I can't assume that someone's going to say see something from the same perspective as me um, but also never ruling out that they might or that I might say that you know that we might be able to have a shared experience a shared understanding mm-hmm. um, that's been a, that's been a big thing um, and that, that's a feels like an abstract thing, but also like that, that just kind of informs, I feel like that informs how I um, relate to people, you know, um, on practical fronts as well. Like uh, the first thing that jumped to mind when you asked that question actually um, was um, a lecture that I listened to in my undergrad first up. Um, it was actually really cool because it was a, a class that I did in my undergrad and it's sort of essentially my area of research. And so I ended up teaching it um, once I, yeah, once I was, once I was um, uh, older and, um, and then I got to actually give that lecture, which was oh. really cool. Oh. It was so cool because it was mind blowing for me. Um, it was a, a lecture about nationalism and, mm. and the construct of um, like a shared national identity and how that happens. And just the fact that like, you know, nation states have only been around for a few hundred years, like this is not a long history. This is not the only way that we see the world and di- divide up the world and divide up people and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And, and, and like the lecture sort of went through the different ways that a nation state defines itself and how it will define and evolve and over time and things like that. And it blew my little mind and, um, and like, and just, yeah, my, my, my understanding of, you know, my national identities, the ways that people talk about borders, all that stuff has just fundamentally changed forever. Like, it was just, it's so cool. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, even just, I mean, also, you know, there was a, I, I did a little bit, I did, like, the intro to, like, human evolution stuff. And the fact that, you know, a few tens of thousands of years ago, we were walking around with multiple different, species that were kind of like us but not but then also we probably bred with them but also like (laughs) but they weren't human human like that like can you imagine just sort of walking down the street and seeing a person that's not a person wow like (laughs) yeah i don't know all that stuff just kind of blows my mind um yeah yeah I think that those are some big ones that immediately jump to mind anyway. And just the whole thing of like, yeah, that, um, uh, I don't know. A lot of the times I think that like, 
you know, uh, cultural expression or the fact that we are so different and stuff like that around the world. It's like, it's like, I don't know, one way I often think about it is it's like we all do the same stuff just in very different ways. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I don't know if I'm – maybe I'm just making the assumption that we all do that the same stuff. Like, you know, um, share important or, or – um, commensality, like uh, having a, a sort of important shared moment around food and eating, um, the 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 value of our familial relationships, um, uh, um, or the, the the significance, I suppose, anyway, of our familial relationships. Um, you know, some kind of religious or spiritual or um, you know, whatever kind of experience. Like, I feel like these are kind of shared things that we all do. They're just expressed in extremely different ways. Mm. But also, I don't know that that's... I don't know, I can't... I don't know, I feel like I can assume that that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I guess... I mean, that's... I, think, <laughs> I feel like that's that's classic anthropology <laughs> epistemology. <laughs> like, you know, just to be Here are some ideas, incredibly I don't know if they're real. <laughs> epistemically humble. That's awesome. <laughs> Much as this is nice, <laughs> I feel like um yeah it's good it's so good because being like in an arts field I I will see especially anthropology philosophy um like other kind of fields like that it's like you can't get one of those students to actually say a definite statement because <laughs> no statement is no. definite you know what I mean like it's just like. <laughs> No. Which is so good, like you know, like you know, it's so good. But <laughs> so that's that's a universal. That has to be, you know. She's like, oh, she nice. can't, can't get it. <laughs> Wherever I teach, I always feel like I, I I I end up pissing off the students because we'll be talking about like whatever it is, and then like we'll have this big discussion or whatever, and people, someone will be like, okay, okay, like I just I need to get this straight. I need to get this straight. <laughs> Okay, we're talking about this whole thing. Is it this or is it this? And I'm like, both? <laughs> like, I don't know. It could be. Maybe it's not. Yeah. It's like, well, it's, it's messy, right? Life yes. is messy. Life is messy. And yes. this, is, this, is the, this is how I, I then always follow up that lesson of it's like, it's messy. It doesn't need, you don't need to straighten it out. If yes. you do, you're probably doing it wrong. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah, no, I just say it's yeah. true. It's like, don't, like the math isn't the whole map versus territory thing. Or don't, yeah. don't cut the person to fit, fit the clock, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the, the elephant, like, every bit of it is, is true and correct. But like, if you, you can't assume, in, yeah, yeah, you can't assume I'm looking at the whole thing. That's true. Yeah. That's, see, that's a, that's a fascinating, um, that's a fascinating thing. And yet, you go out, talk in the street, and no one, not many people will be fully educated or aware to that. Or yeah. maybe I'm making an assumption. It's, you know, like, yeah, it's just like, yeah. And I guess, yeah. So all of, okay. Well, let's, let's go for a moment. Let's delve kind of on topic, but off topic. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's actually on topic, really. Back to your back to your PhD. Yeah, I guess it's kind of more of a practical kind of. Yeah. Um. How how is that? 
it's okay. That's a big How one. is it? Yeah. What? You, so you submitted. You submitted your PhD, your thesis. Yes. When was that? When was that? Like that a couple was, weeks ago. I remember. Yeah, that was um what, 15, 16 days ago. Wow. Two, two, yeah, so fifteen days ago, two weeks ago. Literally, all like yeah, more little like one day over two weeks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that is a wild. massive, massive, massive thing. Yeah. What you. What kind of insight and wisdom did you have, or that you you learnt from it? Talk, tell us about it. Um. I could go practical first. I probably tell you what my PhD actually was about yes. first. That's probably the first step. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, my research, I did research in Copenhagen in Denmark and San Francisco mm-hmm. in the US. And my research, um, like ostensibly I looked at bikes. I researched bikes as in bicycles. Mm-hmm. Um, but my... I, I see, I use the bicycle as sort of a way to look at broader issues within the city, right? Everything's connected, everything's within its context, bikes are within their context. And um, so I looked at um, both how people sort of um, ride bikes around their cities as sort of everyday transport um, and also some of the sort of cultures and sort of politics around um, bicycle advocacy or activism in those cities. Um, so... Bike use um, in a lot of the global north and and elsewhere as well um, has um, increased in a lot of places um, since sort of the turn turn of the century, and um, uh, it's uh, become a lot more prominent in cities and, and has be- become um, held at, uh, in this interesting sort of position where it um, is seen as being a really important tool for cities um, dealing with you know, hugely increasing urbanization, um, climate change, all of these issues. Um, and bikes are really sensible urban transport. Um, and they're really fun. Yes. Um, (laughs) and they have all of these also, um, heaps of flow on benefits, um, because the more, more you have a population biking, the more you're having a, a really active mobile population. And so from a public health perspective, it then is really beneficial you are reducing, like from a city perspective, you're reducing your infrastructure costs, mm, traffic. Um, traffic, all of this different stuff. Um, and the bike also in a lot of communities has had, had a really important um, role in, um, in uh, you know, emancipation, freedom and <clears throat> social justice movements. Mm. Um, uh, I think... I don't know. I think I think on one front because like, you know that that the there's something about riding a bike, right? Because it's your own physical power, but amplified, and that that I think is really cool. Because you know you get that feeling like when you're driving a car, riding a motorbike, where it's just that huge, like it's just a it's just a rush, right? Because you're moving at such a huge pace. And you don't just see yourself as sitting in within a car, moving at a really fast pace. You see yourself like it's you moving through space, right? Mm. Um, and a bike is like that as well, except you have to put in a lot more effort. <laughs> <laughs> but all of your effort is amplified. And, and you're dealing with the, all of the sort of everything around you in the space, the wind and the rain and the smog and the, all of the stuff. Um, and so I think there's, a, there's, a, there's this, this real... Thing about bike riding that that means that it can really quickly be linked for us with 
freedom or liberation or something like that. Um, but on a practical front as well for activist movements, like it is low cost, um, easily uh, reparable um, transport that like like practically if you're trying to evade police and you've got a bike you're doing it you're, you're, you're good yeah. you're good you know <laughs> and like protest movements you can move and stuff really quickly you can get around barricades all that sort of stuff and you're moving at this heightened speed but still on the street city streets um yeah so my, so my research looked at um different uh kind of stories within those cities mm. um looking at looking at those sorts of things because also while all that stuff is happening around the bike and, and like if the bike is, has, was really important in Western um, female liberation movements um, and uh, all sorts of different stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, in the past couple decades, as there's been this greater recognition of the bike being really useful for cities um, and cities becoming seen as a much more important um, uh uh, economic, like a tool for economic growth, um, and that you really need to be building cities and, and encouraging particular kinds of urban growth. Um, the bike has also been seen as a as an important thing there. You know, like you have this sort of like um, cliche now of like a of a of a of a hipster on a bike. You know, mm-hmm. or like the um, the 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 mammal, the middle aged man in lycra. You know, like the older corporate guy out on his fast bike on the weekend. So there's also all of these um, kind of uh, connections between the bike and economic growth at the moment as well. Is a sort of emerging discourse, and so as a result, you have this tension between. And this is something that was really significant in San Francisco. You have this tension between the bike and it's sort of importance within um, really progressive or, or anti-cap, like very actively on a lot of fronts, anti-capitalist, um, anti-corporate growth, all that sort of stuff, um, as well as the bike being like a tool of economic growth. Like they've wow. neoliberalized the bike and it's a tool of economic growth. And so you have those two competing discourses. So that's kind of what I was, what I was looking at. Wow. Um, yeah, and that um, – I was not really a bike rider before I started studying this in my master's, which was an interesting decision. Um, but, yeah, I mean – Wait, so, you, like, you'd ridden bikes before, though? Yeah, like, like, yeah, I, yeah. like I, like I, like I you know, like, learned how to ride a bike when I was a kid. That was kind of it. Yeah, so you weren't, like, riding bikes all the time? Nope. With, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, well, then what happened after your re- research? Do you have a bike? Oh yeah, I have a fear. <laughs> I have a fear, and I still don't ride very much. I mean, there's different been different times when I have, mm. but like right now, I don't because you know I live quite a way from here, and so trying to get to work like it's not really feasible for me to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. I ride a bike around my local community, but mm. like yeah, there's this um, uh, awesome geographer called um, John Stellan who researched bikes and my work was very much inspired by his work in the Bay Area in the US and um, he talks about this paradox um, specifically in like the Bay Area but I think you can apply it to a lot of cities where it's like the bike is really awesome transport because it's really really cheap right so like it's um, and that's you know like you see like like one of the big associations with the bike as well is like as as poor people's transport right because Mm. it's free so as long as you have a bike, you're good. Um, 
but to be able to like so the bike is really good transport with a low income but who can afford to live close to their work it's not people with low incomes right so you have this paradox where it's like the thing it would be really good transport in cities except the only people who can access it are the people who can afford to do whatever they want anyway and live in cities yeah yes yeah wow yeah that's freaking trippy because like like you you look at you look at the bike and you, you just think it's a bike yeah you go into all these things the stories the way you and it's like it's almost like a gateway into wisdom yeah and that that's just like it's just fascinating how like just such a humble thing is just like can teach us so much and lead us to so much and how it's so interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so so how was far out, how was the experience of doing a PhD? Huh? Like with that. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm gonna have a cookie. Huge. Oh yeah, do it. Um, <laughs> uh it was a lot. So like I started so I did my, my master of research in what, twenty 2014, 2015. So 2015 was like my, my research. And then, um, and, and I, I originally, I saw like, I saw the, I saw my bike research being a sort of a gateway into a different project. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like, cause the way that the, the programs linked together, it was like, Oh yeah, cool. Do a small project that you can do field work for in like three months. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you can expand on it in the PhD. And I was like, I don't really know what I want to study for PhD. I was like, I kind of want to do something about people's experiences of like the Danish model of social welfare mm-hmm. was my interest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll just find something that I can do in a short period of time that will be really accessible. And I was like, oh, the bike is a really, you know, it's a really physical thing. Um, and so I'll be able to kind of get a bit of an idea of it fairly quickly and then I'll move on to the other thing. It'll give me a sort of foothold in the culture and then I auto-hold in the culture and then I can go from there. And instead it was like, oh, actually, this is a really interesting. <laughs> I suppose I, I suppose <laughs> I need to expand it. Um, <laughs> you caught the bug bite. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I, I found, I found uh, doing this PhD amazing and really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, really hard. Like... Um, we were talking before we started recording about, um, uh, oh no, that was when we were recording. <laughs> um, the, the, this sort of experience of like when you're talking to someone and like just, just the, the magic that happens when you're having long conversations with people and mm. you can kind of, and people are, you know, talking about themselves and stuff and it's, it's, it's a real gift. And all of that was really amazing and being able to do this extensive field work in these different cities and living with people and, having people be so generous and including me in their lives and having all these experiences that I never would have otherwise. And all of that has been really phenomenal. Um, it's also been really hard for me on a personal front, I suppose, because um, so much of this research, I suppose here we go, going back to this sort of collective individual thing, so much of this research is all about forming relationships with people. It's Mm. so communal. It's Mm. so like, okay, cool. Like you're using your body and everything as a tool. Like if you're not building genuine relationships with people, you're not doing it right. You know, like you've got to be 
like actually, you know, like I, I, I am actually still friends with the people, you know, most of the people I did field work with because like, because I, I you know, you're, you're just actually living. It's not any different except mm. the fact that you are having to constantly step back from it. So the whole point is it's like, you know, while you're doing research, you're just doing everything, but also you have to continually kind of take half a step back and go, okay, cool, I'm observing this, and you're making field notes and all that sort of stuff. So it's always this – it was a a really um, difficult process, I suppose, on some fronts to wrap my head and myself around where it's both both just living – while also exhaustively analyzing your experience (laughs) yeah half a step back the whole time Mm. and and i've really um it's taken me i'm still i think i'm still integrating those experiences and Mm. still kind of um coming to terms with with that kind of a of a of a mode mode of relating Right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's so trippy. Yeah. And then plus, you know, once you finish field work, you go home and you sit in a room and you write a document. You know, you, you spend hours listening to all the interviews and you write notes on it and you look at everything and you have to try to figure out some meaning out of it all, out of all of these months of experience. So, so, and so come up with some kind of comprehensive thing. It's very weird. It feels very, very, so very odd. Like a, a cultural anthropologist, like an anthropologist, yeah. you will not only have to vulnerably put yourself in and intimately be in the culture yeah. and like be connected to people, develop relationship, have that deep connection. You have to like pull yourself way out and be in your head and just be analyzing like a like a, I don't know like a little fly on the wall kind of. Research, that's such a, like, that's a difficult thing from what I, I don't know, that sounds difficult because it's just like, that's two very different things. Sometimes people are more kind of people, people oriented, Mm -hmm. some people Mm -hmm. more, but you have to be, it sounds like to me you have to be both for effort. I, that, that, yeah, my experience of that, of that hardness is very true and Mm. I think... I mean, I think that this is, like, this is not necessarily the best example. Like, my experience is not the best example of how to do this kind of research, you know. that There's a lot of people who I know who, like, the the end result, you know, that's sitting and analysing everything, that's a much more collaborative process. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't that wasn't the way this project was designed. That just wasn't how this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a weird one. It's a really weird one. Gosh. So so yeah. wait, so usually it's collaborative the, the last bit. Like what Oh, uh, I don't think usually. Okay. No. Okay. So like I mean even even still like now I'm still I'm I'm um you know like drafts I've sent to the people that they're about and be like, Hey, can you read this through if you have time? Like let me know what you think. Is any of this legit or am I completely off the mark? Also if I've got stuff wrong, please tell me. <laughs> um and so like that now it now it now now that I have stuff written it can be a collaborative process and stuff like that. Mm. Um mm-hmm. but this is the thing as well, right? Like even if no one who I like everyone who I was who I was with, um or anyone who did the same research me with me would come up with a different ethnography at the end of the day, right? Because mm-hmm. we're all it's all our own sort of interpretation and experience of it. So it's always contingent on, on that anyway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, we're coming to terms with it all. Oh, I'm really, I'm really interested to see um, what the examiners think, mm. and um, I've got, um, uh, I've got some other people from the field who I want to contact and see if they can. Now that I've got the whole thing, I want to see if they're able to kind of give give their insights so I can make some more changes before it's actually published. Published. Wow! So, yeah. Wow! What an unbelievable undertaking. That's like that's thank you. Yeah, no, like massive, massive commendation to you, Lucinda. And I just like piecing that together and just the the magnitude and probably having to have your mind blown and your mind changed and being different culture and the humility. It just totally makes sense as to why you're such an amazing <laughs> manager at work. Like so exquisite, you know, really. <laughs> Like, excellent. It's almost like this must be like your warm down sets at the gym. Like, you're like, like you know, like, this just must be like easy now. Like, like, you're doing like heavy lifting. Like. I am. Um, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm fishing for compliments, but at some point, I want to hear more about what. Because, like, I don't know what I'm doing at work. Like, I'm just, I'm just, if I've got good management skills, that's great. It's a total accident. So <laughs> I would like to, I'd like to at some point hear, hear your thoughts because, like, yeah, I care about that stuff. I just, I, I Do I have some thoughts? <laughs> Mate, it's not just me. <laughs> like, I think everyone has those thoughts. All my colleagues, everyone. That was very kind of you. It's unbelievable. I'm starting to swear now. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just, like, yeah, I just, like, it's just, when you when you go on to listen up, you know, for some reason, you're just going to be understood. <laughs> and it just sinks in. And it's just, like, all of it, d- it diffuses. And, like, and then you're also, like, everything feels impossible. And then you go to Lucinda and all of a sudden it's all possible again. <laughs> you're like, and like, you feel like, okay, you feel horrible, you feel bad or whatever. You just go to Lucinda and everything's just fixed. <laughs> like, I don't know why. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's very, I don't know if it's an aura, I don't know if it's just disarming, but it just, like, I don't know, you have, you really do have that effect that, yeah, no, it's just, it's excellent. It is exquisite. So that's, a big thank you to you and all that, that is, you do, listen that up. That's so. very kind of you yeah. to say. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, and I just, yeah. And it uh, makes sense. You've been training training on understanding people in an incredibly intensive environment and self-reflection and far, far out, it's so needed in this world, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I um, it's also a very big compliment coming from you um, because, I mean... I yeah you you know about the effect you have on people like yeah <laughs> what can I say this is, yeah. <laughs> that's epic like, I mean yeah I I I I there there your your I don't know your ability to just bring joy to a situation is pretty pretty damn unparalleled and I don't know how you do it it's just amazing <laughs> that's epic thank you that is big big coming from you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's so good. So We're just good. complimenting each other for half an hour. What's up? Yeah. Or blushing. Yeah. Or just blushing back here. <laughs> mm, mm. Um. No, I think 
I think for me, like it's just like it's so important to care care about others, have compassion, understanding. I feel like like it's so cool when you realize that you have the power to help someone or make someone's day or or just have an impact on someone because that's that's really really cool it's like in the world everything's groundless and it, you know by yourself everything's groundless but just like a bit of love or compassion from someone else is something that you can fall back on it's just something that's so solid i think you know like just loving caring for someone else or just you know a smile it mm-hmm. just it's it's so it's so good that's what you know uh, that's what you know i feel like that i wish people were more aware of that and more empowered to to be able to do that and know that that's a capability that they have mm. what like i don't know what what stands in the way of that You know, I let me just hop, let me let me just sink on that because that's. I feel like it is deception, self-deception. I would put it down to that, and being absorbed um, within oneself. Mm. I feel if if your mind was to. That and, and also maybe being hurt before or kind of just mm. not knowing love. Because I feel like for me, love is something that when you catch it, you can give it to others. And it's like um, if you haven't felt love or you haven't really experienced that kind of essence of love, then then you can only give what, what you've got, you know. And it's just like one thing I've heard which from... Um, Michael Neal, he's an author, he says that love isn't something that you can just run out of. It's actually a renewable resource that the more that you give, the more that expands. But I feel like before you can give it, you have to kind of receive it somehow, somewhere. And I think, I feel like that's what it is, you know. And one, But once you get the motor of someone's love, like a human's love up and running... They'll just love. People would love, you know? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're good at love. Yeah. We're very good at love. Ex- exactly, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I feel like there ends up being a lot of focus on, I don't know, the, the negatives and stuff like that mm. about about humans and humanity. Yeah. And we're really good at fucking things up. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, we're... we're 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 very cool. We do great things, and we do we do a lot of love. Like humans can be such beautiful creatures. Like think about these apes that just love and look after their their babies. They love other babies. They just love each other. They're affectionate towards each other. They try to understand each other, even mm-hmm. though they struggle, and they they're trying their absolute best, and they just kind of failing. That's beautiful. And yeah, I guess sometimes humans can be scary and they fuck up, but I feel like there's an innocence in that as well. Now, I'm probably removed enough from any situation to be able to say that. Um, And I can't speak for all experiences and all things and maybe, but I just, 
I guess I like to think that that you know bad things are done in in ignorance and 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 in innocence in a way because if if we knew better we'd do better. Yeah. Is it um is it Hanlon's razor? What's the what's the name of that? Um where it's a uh, don't attribute to malice what can be easily explained by stupidity or oh, ignorance or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah that one? Yeah. Okay, so you just yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of yeah. Malcolm's razor, but no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, because we, we like, um, yeah, I don't know. I suppose it's not, it's not actually kind of, it has applicable as it first jumped into my head. But it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we um, most of the time it's just, it's not, I don't know. Uh, it's not. It's not like a malice. It's not. It's not malice. Yeah. You know, I find that's really powerful because understanding. I've started to think about understanding and compassion ends up not being like something that makes you vulnerable. It does in a way, but it creates this space that kind of just allows the other person to do as they please. Like before the understanding, if they did something to you, it might have hurt you. After the understanding, you've just created space and you're not affected by it. And you can be in a space where you can have compassion. Yeah. And I guess, like, you know, like, I think, because I've been really reflecting on, because one of the things that I've had to work on for a while is kind of like people pleasing, being authentic, and kind of really probably worrying too much about what people think. Or or I, I still haven't cleared my distinction, but I'm... I'm reflecting a lot and getting a lot of insight that's been helpful. Um, but I think one of the things I've learned is that, like, I can forgive with understanding, understanding, and when I'm forgiven understanding, I'm not affected by it anymore. And I feel like that's a good place to be. Like, because you can't, it's difficult to love when you're shitty or you're upset or you've been hurt or you're, you know, like, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, totally. I feel like, you know, creating that space then. Yeah. What do you, well, I don't know, okay, I'm, now I'm trembling, but <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts. Say, like, someone, like, how do you, what is your perspective and thoughts on doing something in spite of, like, someone judging you or, or feeling like you're being watched or self-consciousness or, or anything like that? Because this has been, just in the past couple of weeks, something that I've been reflecting on. I'd like to ask you, what are, you, what are, your, what are your thoughts? Um, what... What do you mean? Like, say, like, putting out creative work. Yeah. Or, or kind of, I don't know, putting yourself out there or something. Yeah. Just in that general sense. Yeah. Because, yeah. Oh, I mean, um, uh, I don't know. I don't think I have anything particularly profound to say on that. Like, I mean, th- these are really important things to do, right? Like, it's really important to do. That's mm. not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and... You know, like you're saying, like the, the compassion and stuff. You know, doesn't necessarily make you. You know, it doesn't make you vulnerable. Like, oh well, maybe it does, but blah blah blah. But like, vulnerability isn't a negative. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's something that um, I or has been important for me to try to like understand because that like um, yeah, vulnerability isn't isn't a weakness at all. Like that's that that you can't. Uh, I don't know if you're choosing to put yourself in a vulnerable situation like that is a that is a choice from like made from a place of strength Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because you're you're 
you're choosing to, I don't know, potentially put yourself in like in harm's way or in ridicule's way or whatever. Mm. Um, but you're sort of deciding that you're okay with that outcome, like if that's what happens, you know. Mm. So um, I don't know. The uh, I know what you mean about those struggles. Like I I um, I started my PhD about seven years ago. It's meant to take about three. It was going to take about three. And then things got in the way. And one of the many things that got in the way was um, like my own um, sort of hang-ups about um, uh, I don't know, perfectionism, I suppose, right? Or like the, the, the expectations that I have for myself um, or what I like that I that I that I um that if I can't if I can't do something really really good then I don't want to do it or I don't want to put it out in the world with people because then maybe they'll see that like I'm not actually really all that good Mm. you know Mm. um and that's been really really tough for me um which i'm annoyed about it itself that's <laughs> dumb um <laughs> but but like one of the things that really helped me um get through this final push and actually produce a document that i could submit to some examiners um is just going with like it doesn't matter how it the quality doesn't matter it's the doing that matters like mm-hmm. and this is the thing like i am actively not happy about one whole chapter in my thesis <laughs> like at at like i i objectively don't think it's a strong argument um and <laughs> but but it's it's fine um but this is the thing is it's like i i just i i have to go with and and this is the thing is that like this phd right it's not necessarily about the final outcome or producing some incredible piece of work um, or whatever else, it's the doing of it. It's the fact that I have put myself in these positions. It's the fact that I've done this research. It's the fact that I've learned this stuff. It's the fact that I've written this book, essentially, you know. Um, and so I'm trying to focus on not caring as much about the quality and just caring about doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's, that's really cool. That's popped something in me because... Like, I think sometimes we feel like we can control quality. Yeah. But we can't. We can only control, like, the doing it. But, like, I felt similar. And then, like, you, when you fixate on quality, and, like, I think it's classic, um, oh, it's just us classic high performers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like, um, if you let that, it, like, it will cripple you. And it has crippled me in the past. And it's just... That switch to the doing of, that's why like I think that's just such a freer and more productive way of living life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well then, okay, well I, I have another question and I, I don't know if you could shine some light on it, but on the question of, of laziness and discipline and, and CBF, you know, <laughs> you know, what's your perspective on that? How does like what's what's going on there? Ah, you know? like, yeah. Um, I look. The first thing that I thought of when you said that was really just like that we like our our culture has such an emphasis on production mm. and uh, and usefulness 
And that annoys the hell out of me because our point in living is not to produce value and economic benefit. Our, val- our purpose in life is to live mm. and maybe there's some other stuff that we do along the way and that's cool. Um, mm. So that, the, like, the laziness thing, I, 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 I often, like, I mean, yeah, like you can be lazy in your job and stuff, but that's a, that's a, that's a, they're your, I don't know, you're playing a, 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 an economic role, you know, you're, you're a worker in that space. And, Mm. and so you're trying to produce measurable outcomes or whatever, but like that, that I don't think is, um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure on us to produce and I think that's I think that's pretty bullshit, and I think that's just a result of of seeing seeing people primarily as you know workers and consumers and stuff rather than rather than people. I've just been caught with my pants down because I, I'm, that was a cultural assumption. Thanks, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, that's easy. You know, I love that. Well, where were you getting? Where were you going well, to with that that's, question? That's cool because, like, like I, I, um, I think the purpose of life is is living. Like, life is life. Like, we should be alive because we're alive, <laughs> right? <laughs> And you know, yeah, exactly. Important you know? statements: Life is life. Like yep, yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Check out this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, playing the game is fun as well. But that's a secondary thing. It's like, oh, geez, that makes sense. And if you want to produce something and create something, like it doesn't necessarily need to be measured by utility. Or yeah. kind of value or whatever, then there might be something else at play, something deeper at play, and maybe I, I think it comes down to that classic kind of, you know, don't cut the person to fit the cloth. Like, if our culture is kind of discordant with reality, then you you know, like we're not we're not trying to we're not we can't break reality. We have to let the culture break and like and change and mold and adapt to to what is real or what what's just happening in experience yeah i mean like um yeah i agree with you i i suppose as well like um i don't uh i don't know if like this is an annoying point to make off the back of that but it's like i don't think that our culture is um uh, discordant with reality because mm. our culture is reality as well. Ooh. You know, okay, like yeah, yeah. It's just another way of. Well, it, yeah. Oh, geez. Well, that's a reality to to be with and to deal with, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yes. exactly, yes. exactly. We aren't outside of that. Yeah, it's not. It's not like. Yeah, it's There's not, not any is made up of the rest of everything else. <laughs> wow, my <Yeah>. blowing. <laughs> So there's, yeah, and that's a cool thing because I feel like coming to peace, you can come to peace with reality and a part of reality is your culture. Come to peace with it, find a way to, to be with it. You know, yeah. I, I think that's that's important. I guess, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I, I, think, I think so, I think so, but I don't think that ever, that ever is, 
has to be like this is the right way like this culture yeah, is right yeah but, yeah but it is just it's a reality we're here with and it's an evolving dynamic thing isn't it exactly exactly yes. and that's the thing right because nothing, nothing's ever static mm-hmm. so like there's no there's no thing as like a a, a, a a culture and it just is the same for forever like that's not how things work mm-hmm. like um yeah, and like we we are our culture. We are the people who are creating these systems and perpetuating them, or changing them over time, mm-hmm. or both at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. and so um, where was I trying to go with that? Um, like, I don't know. There's there's one. I think there's a step of both acknowledging and recognizing and accepting. Like, oh yeah, cool. This is the framework. Like, I mean, I feel like also we're conflating. Um, like culture and an economic system here, mm. or I am anyway. But, mm. um, but like this is this is the re- my reality. But also like uh, part of that is also changing it, or like wanting to change things, yes. wanting to improve things. I don't yes. think that's that's I don't think that's outside of that scope as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a part of the game of life. Yeah, yeah. and you know yeah. to kind of disrupt and. And share ideas and, you know, and I guess open people's minds and somehow, you know, like, I think that's, that's part of the fun of it, you know, yeah. it's kind of fun life, it's kind of fun, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of fun, it's kind of, you know, a little bit dangerous, but it's kind of fun, you know? I give it three and a half out of five stars, yeah, that's a pretty solid rating, four out of five stars, <laughs> yeah, probably four out of five stars, it's pretty good, like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I know exactly. I, I rate it. Hey, I'll do it again. <laughs> Maybe you will. Yeah, well, who knows? <laughs> That's epic. What an, what an epic, an epic collection of statements. <laughs> yeah. We've certainly hit the um, hit the big notes. Yeah, exactly. The crescendo. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is wisdom to you? Pause is going to go on for so long. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, probably. I, I'm. I'm really. I'm really. Um, I'm really tempted to just leave it as. I don't know. I'll leave it at that. But also, that's not very satisfying. Um, so I'll try and take a stab at it. Um, I think for me at this moment in this time, um, wisdom is something to do with um, uh, I don't know some sense of sort of acceptance of a recognition and um, like a humble acceptance of I don't know whatever it might be wow that's beautiful 
something like that. But what's what's wisdom to you? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I'm trying to <laughs> get into. <laughs> leave me out. I don't know. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I love that. That's that kind of humble acceptance thing. I think that's a wise direction, and that's a. I feel like that is one of definitely one of the clues of wisdom. Definitely. Sweet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think I um uh I enjoy getting to talk about like just sort of the 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 stuff of anthropology and things cuz mm. it's um yeah, I I uh I do, I think there's a lot of power and that's why I've always been drawn to anthropology. I think there's a real power in just trying to uh, like actually genuinely trying to understand um, something for its own worth and its own sake, for, for its own self. You know, like, like we were talking about, like, you know, you can only hate from afar. Um, and... Uh, uh, I've, I've, I've found a lot of, um, uh, I don't know, solace, I suppose, in, in sort of recognising, um, trying, to, trying to recognise people from their own perspective. Um, the, uh, you know, anthropology talks about, like, um, uh, uh, you know, like, we have systems of, you know, you have, like, your in-group and your out-group, and... Um, we have ways of making sure that we can define our in-group and know who is part of our circle and we show such exceptional love and devotion and dedication and care for our in-group and the part of that is doing whatever we can to make sure that the out-group can't affect that, you know? Mm. And that that I feel like is so much of where... Um, you know, our, our hatred and our hurt and stuff can come from. Um, and, you know, we have these two flip sides of of that that incredible power of people, you know, where it is both, um, you know, love and its opposite or whatever else. Um, and when you're on the outside of that, all you see is the negative, um, understandably so, um, but recognize like one we can do the thing of like we look we look we look inward from the outside and recognize that like that's just coming from a i don't know that that harm can also that that those people are not understanding their hurt as hurt they're seeing it as love for within their in group um you know mm-hmm. um and that doesn't make it good at all um but you can comp- comprehend where it comes from and then you can do stuff like one, once like i don't know it's that same thing of like assuming malice it's like yay the outcome is malice i don't know i don't know that that's always the intention for the person um we still have to absolutely address the malice though because that's the bad bit but um yeah, there's a, that 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 sort of is one outcome of it for me, and the other outcome is 
going, okay, cool, well, then let's expand the in-group. The more that you can expand your in-group, the more you can then just not see someone as outside of that and as therefore as a threat mm. or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. There's lots of limitations to uh, some concepts like that, though, uh, <laughs> which I don't know, think about it for any length of time. It's not going to work out very well. But on the surface, like those are those are some those are some tools that have been helpful for me. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. long ramble about uh, something about the power of trying to understand people from their own point of view. Wow, mm. that, that in group and out group dynamic is so human. It's so um, it's it's so embedded in my experience, at least. And I think it's just a um, like I still don't know how because sometimes I fall prey to that sort of thinking, and it's just um. But I know I know when it, it doesn't feel right, does it? it yeah. Something just feels a bit off. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I guess um. I guess they, they said that there's no better way to unite people than put up an enemy. You know, I think that's exactly. on the quicker way at least. Yeah. But there has to be has to be another way. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of um there's uh do you know the Enders Games books? Enders Endgame. Game. Game. It's like is that the um the game video game where they're playing the video game and they're like okay, no. Yeah, the kids fighting yeah, in space, yeah, like the video games. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, that that that. There's a, a number of books in the series after that mm. and um, they like go much further into space and they meet these different sort of alien species and they have there's this um, like model of understanding foreignness basically mm. and it's like it's kind of going with the whole thing of like how different can something be from us or like humans or whatever for us to still recognize them as people um, you know, even if they're aliens, like, of different forms, mm. you know. And I think that's always been an interesting one for me because it's, like, how, uh, yeah, I don't know, just that kind of, like, there's degrees of, of foreignness and alienness um, and what's the limit of how far we can extend the recognition of personhood to something very different from ourselves. Mm. And I think that's a really important thing to push that boundary is really important to push. Wow. That's beast. I love that. <laughs> They're fun books. <laughs> I might have to check it out. Lucinda, final question. Yeah. Is there anything else on your heart that you'd like to share and anything else that you feel like, um, yeah, is there anything else that, you know, that you'd like to kind of, yeah, what's still in there that you want to get out for the podcast or the... <sighs> Sometimes there's always that just one little thing, here, <laughs> like a little question um, I should have asked or this or that, I don't know. Oh, um, uh, I think probably the ramble I just did okay. was probably the bit. That was well, that? was probably the bit that was that, hanging you, on. You read my mind before yeah. I heard it. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, but I mean, beyond that, like, thanks for this. <laughs> this is lovely. And I really, um, I... I really admire you doing a series like this. I think that's a really, it's a really beautiful thing. Um, yeah, huge, huge props to you, Jacob. Thank you, thank you, Lucinda. Thank you for coming on and just sharing your wisdom with me and being in dialogue and conversation. It's been such a joy. It's been like floating on a cloud. I just, 
I, I, I've learned so much. I'm going to have to sit with all this now. I'm going to have to integrate like an anthropologist to write it down <laughs> in my little, you know. Yeah, so it was just a real pleasure. And if you'd like to get in contact with Lucinda, hit me up and I can make a connection through there. If you have any questions or anything like that. And yeah, thank you so much, Lucinda. Thanks, Jacob. Oh, oh we're good. Yeah. Yay, Lucinda. <laughs> Wow, what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation. That was just like, yeah, like I, it was just nice and deep and it just went to some beautiful places and just like, yeah, I'm just, um, yeah, I got to see with it. There's just a lot, a lot, you know, yeah. so, and, and it's cool because we went to those spiritual places. We did. And we kind of just kind of like, you know, there was that understanding there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a thing. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I could feel you being hesitant. I'm like, oh, we could probably go a bit further. That's fair. That's fair. Let me just turn this.